everybody and welcome back to another show of the cool down i was i was pretty sad to not be on the show last week guys um i'm pretty happy no, to be here today you. We, we missed you i got a lot <laughs> yeah. of grief i got a lot of grief from uh, scott in particular but uh i think the reins i enjoyed it um but you were missed um we were all against your team eh claudio we didn't think you would uh pull through we thought uh City were going to get the victory, but uh, I think it was a hard-fought draw there in the end. Yeah, yeah I think I think um, you guys just took advantage of the fact that I wasn't there, so you just wanted to bash my team because it's been a hard day. But yeah, just, just so everyone's watching, and we are a few men shorter. We're a bit lightweight today. We're kind of looking a bit like Liverpool's defence. Um, our squad isn't fully match fit, and they have other commitments, unfortunately. Until Wonga's going to cough up the dough to pay them all, they might stick around every show. But yeah, until that moment, we, we're going to have to wait. Wonga. How's the weekend for you, my man, apart from your game? Uh, that, that was it. The weekend was my game. <laughs> that was my weekend. Jeez, I, I was hoping that, yes, Arsenal could do something. But, uh, in fact, I wasn't even hoping. I was, I was actually confident that something was going to happen. Get our three goals. But, uh, yes, I think uh, the wrong people are listening when I talked about 3-0. <laughs> or maybe the right people are listening. <laughs> but um, on that note, let's we might as well kick off the first game, and we're going to start in a place where we can say it's there's a heavy heart, largely because you know the the result was somewhat expected. However, it's not a heavy heart for Southampton. Nick, hey. what are the overall Listen, feelings? I don't, know, I don't know. I don't know how expected it was. To be fair, I think coming off a good victory mm. against. Um, against Everton for ourselves, you know, we are, a, we are a lucky packet. We are a mixed bag. We either rock up or we don't rock up. And, and unfortunately, we, ro- we didn't rock up. I think uh, Fabian Schur said it absolutely perfectly on Newcastle TV. Um, <laughs> the journalist actually asked him, he said, uh, well, can, you, can you debrief uh, how, how did the game go? And he just said, we were all shit. And he said that uncensored, and uh, they, they did bleep, bleep him out. But it was it was literally that. Um, no one showed up. They were first to every ball, every 50-50. They got out of our press every time. They pressed us. They left two v two at the back because they were so confident, and now they pressed. And unfortunately, we we just succumbed to a very a very good team, I'd say. However. Um, we just never showed up. So any team playing us that 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 uh, that evening were, were more than likely going to get the victory. Um, classic Steve Bruce, no real plan B. Let's throw in Andy Carroll with 10 minutes to go. Sorry, actually eight minutes to go. Um, when no one was really doing anything. Um, and, yeah. and unfortunately, you know, when things are going wrong, I like managers who are decisive and make changes. 55 minutes, 60 minutes, 65 minutes is, is the area you need to start start making changes, especially if nothing's going your way. And um, as usual, uh, nothing nothing surprising, to be fair. Um, I just thought Southampton were there for the taking, specifically because they are defensively vulnerable, and they've proved that with a couple of their performances. However, they're very dangerous when they attack. They press you high up the pitch with their fullbacks as well as their, their, their attacking players, and, and we Julie got punished. Um, we couldn't keep the ball. They looked like a bunch of they looked like a bunch of um, and the sixes at times. Um, yeah. I mean, 
I don't know if you guys remember playing Hollandia back in the day. You know, those, those, <laughs> yeah. those, those good old guys, they would just get the ball and they would give they would just pass it with, like straight back to us. And that's exactly yeah. how it was. They look like a bunch of donkeys at times. But at the end of the day, um, it is to be expected. And mm. um unfortunately, I said it, we'll beat Everton more than likely lose or draw the next game. So we've got two good results against Wolves and Everton, who probably teams thought we wouldn't get, get a result against. I'm hopeful, naturally, coming off that. But uh, unfortunately, um, we didn't get the victory and we go into an international break with, uh, with Steve Bruce licking his wounds, um, as he should be. And he should be thinking about how he's going to fix it. Although I think yeah. he's rather eating, he's eating the bacon sandwiches that the, the tea ladies <laughs> make for him. Yeah, he, he hasn't updated his diet at all, man. He's still having the no. pies and the, and the beers at halftime, I'm sure. And he's probably wanting to give the players that. And they're probably saying, Coach, no, 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 not for me, thanks. Yeah, I agree with like Nick was saying. I mean, even the goals they conceded, like the first one, it was it's very amateur. The, I mean, the... I mean, surely you should be passing the ball out in that that in that uh, in that position. But get tackled, so, walk out onto so, it. Wonga, yeah. I mean, I'll tell you that right now. I'll tell you that right now. The way I was taught and the way I teach my players, and I'm sure you both were defenders. If you are yes. under pressure against a team that's pressing you high, kick the fucking ball anywhere. Kick it anywhere. Yes. We don't. We don't care. You know. Um, yeah. But Almiron tries to play out of the back with his back facing, with him, with himself facing his own goal. And yes. um, the ball gets nicked by um, Walker Peters. And yes. now we're in trouble. Same thing happens in the second half. So, yes, we were completely outplayed. However, both goals were yeah. completely avoidable. And, 100%. I mean, Longstaff was on the edge of his box trying to pull the ball back, roll the ball back to go away, to go... To, to 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 towards his own box. He misses the ball completely, he gets nicked, and then they, they end up scoring. So and you're right, the goals were, were mediocre. We looked we looked like a League One, League Two team at at, at times in that game. And, and unfortunately, yeah. you know, our big players I'm worried about Saint Maximum. He's kind of changed the, the system. Saint Maximum's playing very centrally. Um we're kind of playing with a diamond in the midfield with 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 the five at the back, um, more of a box than a diamond because it's two and two. Uh, and Almiron and, and, and say Maximum look a little bit lost. And we're trying to get our, our width from our, our, our fullbacks, but our fullbacks couldn't, they couldn't even get past the halfway line because they were, they were sort of pressing us so high up the pitch. So it's a little bit worrying that we don't have a plan B. We, he, he fixed the system for us to be look a little bit more solid, but, Unfortunately, it doesn't look like when a team works us out, we mm. might be pretty, we might be pretty snookered, and that's that is a bit of a worry for me. Yeah, and uh, you know, Porikal over here says, you know, Southampton are having a very good season. So before we do get carried away in terms of you know bashing Newcastle, I think a couple of things need to be considered here. We have a team coming in that's high on confidence, good form. We know Newcastle are having a bit of a patchy start, but getting results nonetheless. When we're looking at Southampton, they've got a good spine and they've got a great manager in Ralph. Uh, how do you pronounce his name? Hassan Holt. I don't even know how to pronounce it. But no, Scott's going to gonna give you that. grief if you don't get it right. Eh? Scott's going to give really? you grief if you don't get it right. Hassan yeah, Hutl. Yeah. Yeah. But, but Ralph, let, let me tell you the thing about Ralph. What I liked about him when he came to Southampton is he reminded me of a knockoff version of, of Jurgen Klopp. 
that's what he came in. He brought up the, the team morale. He was doing his thing. And now he's got the players kind of, he's got a good bunch of, I wouldn't say average. He's just got good quality players, right? They're, they're not yeah. your top, top quality, but they're all working for each other and they're very well organized. And that's always going to be mm. a tough team to break down, which is, sure. you know, one, one thing you've got to credit them. I mean, between, um, what's his name, Vestergaard, and then you've got Ward, Ward Prowse. And then you also, all of a sudden, you've got Adams. Who are you thinking they've lost Ings? That's X amount of goals. Adams comes in and he scored three goals in four games. So yeah. they currently, yeah, they're great. riding yeah. high. Yeah, they're definitely riding high. But if we're looking at Newcastle in a sense, I know we can start off with the, the, first, the first goal. Newcastle kind of felt like they were, it was a Friday night. They all wanted yeah. to be out at the pub instead of there playing a game. There weren't really fans motivating them. So they, they yeah. were slow, they were lethargic. And to be fair, both teams kind of felt that way. But Almiron, his decision to play out from the back and actually get a touch on the ball, that is a player who you can see is an attack-minding player. He doesn't like, well, I wouldn't say doesn't like, but, you know, defending isn't in his game. So he wants to get some touches on the ball right in the beginning of the game. And that's all it is. Yeah. And when he loses that ball, if you actually look and you focus on it, he's got yeah. no players around him. All the three yeah. players, he's oh. got three players all behind him so if he's going forward now all of a sudden he's gone forward he's had nothing the only ne- the players closest to him up front is a player on the halfway line so yeah. his next pass is to go long he's obviously gotten cornered there in a player in Kyle Walker's and that's also the beauty about having a, a wing fullback is that a player like that can press a high and can win the ball high so he's been, yeah. he's been put under pressure and then he's gone back to look for support and all three players are behind him and then he gets nicked so that's, that's, that's kind of the consequence of getting used to playing in a defensive mode, Nick. Yeah, I think for me, I think I, I, I watched a bit of an, an, an analysis of um, Southampton this season with Houston Huffle. Houston Huffle. Yeah, Scott, you're going to have to teach us how to pronounce it. I watched a little bit of an analysis of, of how high uh, Southampton actually play, how high their line is with when, when they are pressing in the, in the other half. And unfortunately, in that in that situation, Claudio, I agree with you that he wants to get onto the ball and he wants to maybe look for players around him to try and get the ball up the pitch, but he shouldn't be receiving the ball. That He should be higher up the pitch closer to, to, a, to a Callum Wilson, together with, say, Maximum. So the fact that he's having to drop in that deep is maybe a bit of a problem. Maybe we need to make sure that our midfielders are getting across, together with the wing-back, trying to receive the ball in there so we have players further up the pitch because nine times out of ten... When we play against, we played against wolves like that. I think we would we would more than likely in our in our own half have seven to eight players, and then we kind of kick the ball forward and we hope that Callum Wilson can hold it up and bring players into play. So essentially, I think the biggest problem is we don't have the right players in the right areas of the pitch. So we need our attacking players in in uh, in, in, in in high areas of the pitch. So when we get the ball, we've got numbers going forward. When Liverpool yeah. break, they've got numbers going forward. When City break, they've got numbers going forward because the players are there and they rely on the players in deeper areas to go and get that ball and 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 sort of play from there. Unfortunately, we don't have those ball players. We've got one or two. We've got a, a Fernandez who's 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 good on uh, got good feet, Fabian Shaw, but they just looked like they were men possessed. They looked like they had a couple of beers the night before on the way down on the bus to to Southampton. So unfortunately, yeah. I do agree with you. And and Almiron, yes, he will get grief for that because it is a bit suicidal. But I think just sort of coaching those players in those areas to try and get onto the ball and try and deal with situations so our attacking players don't have to defend. Our attacking players shouldn't be coming back there to go and receive second balls because we rely on them to do to more to do more up the pitch. Yeah. yeah. 
But we can say that there were two, for, two, if you had to really dig deep and find a positive, for me, the two positives were one, Dollar pulling off saves again. I mean, yeah. where would you guys do yeah. without him? And then the second yeah. one would be Jamal Lewis. Jamal Lewis yeah. kind of showed glimpses of what he can do for a side like Newcastle so if he's playing. Delivery. His delivery yeah. is phenomenal. His I mean, delivery was very good. Old were from his crosses. 100%. Um, I've, I've, I've had a few uh, eyebrows raised because I, my my opinion as a wide fullback or a wide, uh, wide winger, um, if you want to call it that, is nine times out of ten, or at least seven times out of ten, your delivery has to be good if that's your specialty. Yeah. And Jamal Lewis' specialty is that. And unfortunately, in the beginning of the season, I think it was a bit shaky. Maybe he was settling in, but that was a good sign. Um, and I think that, together with a, a striker in Fraser um, in um, Callum Wilson, together with a, a Fraser who who can deliver the ball, um, I think that might benefit fit us going forward. Um, but Dalo, for me, I think I spoke about this before. Him and Callum Wilson should be in the England squad right now, in my opinion. Yeah, Dalo's Dalo's the Dalo's the best performing goalkeeper of the season, stats-wise. Yeah. If you actually yeah, look at it, Pickford didn't even play. I don't know if he played last week, but he, he didn't play against us. Um, Henderson's making the squad. He hasn't played for Man United, so I don't know. I think Southgate needs needs needs. Southgate is is an oddball though, because he came up making yeah. the like making a statement saying no after the whole clash between Pickford and Van Dijk. He made a phone yeah. call to say like, "There's no one realistically knocking him off the pecking order." I'm like, "Dude, what yeah. what games are what, you watching? What, what sort of comment? But what sort of comment is that as well to go and tell the media that?" That, uh, what what sort of what sort of hope do the other English goalkeepers in the English game have? And then if they if eventually make the squad, they're supposed to play for Gareth Southgate. He can go exactly. get he can actually go get fucked if you if you if 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 if, if that was what he said. Um and he did no. say it. So yeah, I agree with you. Nonsense. Mm, yeah, no. But on that note, we were talking about fullbacks and delivery. If we've got to take, and this is this is a great a great segue to move to the next game, the United Everton game. Yeah. If we compare, if we're comparing what Jamal Lewis has done in that game alone, and it's compared it compared it to um, Wan Bissaka's whole Man United career, I don't think Wan Bissaka's ever put in a ball close as good as both those balls in one game. Yeah, Wan Bissaka doesn't know anything about finesse. The guy is just brute. He just brute <laughs> force. That's all he is. I think even the teammates, there's, some, there's a joke about him as well. Like, he just, he can't even shoot. That's what they say. Like, um, I think one of his, I can't remember where it was, but I just saw a joke like that. But Juan Bissaka, there's no finesse in him. There's no, you're not going to get good delivery. You'll get a delivery, but you don't know if it's going to be good or not. Not like uh, you know, like your Jamal Lewis or Trent. No ways. Not from, not from that guy. Nope. No, he is. Yeah. But, but he's, he's a solid defender, though. He's a solid yeah, defender. Yeah, actually... defends well. Defends well. I can't lie about that. Yeah, but delivery-wise, no. Yeah, I think I think you sort of Man, Man United need to decide what sort of what sort what sort of fullback is he? Is he a fullback first or is he an attacking fullback first? You know, um, you know, yes, defensively, I do think he's strong. He's got all the characteristics of um, of being a good athletic um, right back who could. Could potentially even uh, see an, uh, uh, a comment there. Potentially slot into a centre back if need be, but I think he's got the frame for that. Um, he's young, he's hungry, but I do I do agree if they're looking for that in in a, in a right fullback um, sort of wing back position, I, I'm not I'm not convinced that that his delivery is good enough. 
However, his only his only positive uh, in that sense is is that he is young and 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 maybe Oli or a manager in the future could probably work on it. I don't know if Oli could help him help him with that. But there's yeah, a few questions. I, I think at the end of the day, just a quick one. I think at the end of the day, it'll be up to the player himself. I mean, you get a player like I'll go back like Theo Walcott. I always thought he had a lot of potential, but. Things like that as well for Tim Walker could have worked. <laughs> yeah. Like, like yeah. his ball control. His ball control, shocking. number one. Yeah. Um, shocking. What runs at the ball. You saw him against Southampton even. They played him down the middle. But you know what Walker reminds me of? It reminds me of one of those, you know those toys that you wind up and they'll just keep moving yes. forward. They'll keep moving forward. So even if they walk yeah. into the wall, they'll just keep going until they find a gap and then walk through. That's kind of what he reminds me of with the ball. Like he just puts his head Hard down and he goes. Michael, yeah, but... Michael Owen roasted him uh, in the game against Newcastle, Theo Walcott. I know he's uh-huh. speaking about Wambasaka, but it was just yeah, quite yeah. interesting to see is Walcott has, has been very vocal his whole career that he wants to be, he had this idea that middle. he was going to be uh, Thierry Henry's successor. He was going to be the new number yeah. 14 down the middle. He told me that. And, yeah. Oh, did he? Did he? Oh, when yeah, you yeah. met him? Yeah. yeah. When I worked, I worked with him two years. And when we sat there, he was, con- even when I was talking to him, he was convinced yeah. he was going to play in that number 14 Terry and Rio role. And I just kept thinking yeah. to myself, he, and he believed it. Eh? He believed everything yeah. he was telling me. His confidence is off the yeah. like off the charts, yeah. dude. I've never met such a, a confident, well-put guy to get, okay, wait, Bellerin's number two. No, Bellerin's number one, one or two. They're both yeah. super confident guys, but both like, okay, which is probably why they are where they are in the first place. But sorry, you were saying. 100%. Yeah. yeah, but I do think, I do think, uh, I mean, Owen put it put it perfectly. His, if you actually watch him in that central role, he doesn't make the right decisions when when the time's right. So when he doesn't have the ball, he he doesn't actually make the correct runs in behind. Um, when he's got the ball at his feet, Che Adams was running in behind, um, a little around the corner pass, reverse pass was not on. He was taking shots wildly. So I agree with you on that. I, I mean, it, it is it is up to the player, and you got to you got to play to your strengths, man. I mean, what, yes. what, what is what is what is what is Theo Walcott's strengths? His strengths yeah. are pace. So I would work on one or two things that could help him with, with pace. If he plays out wide, it's knocking the ball past, getting good delivery and working on that. Boom, boom, yeah. boom. And then you and how did he score the goal? The goal yeah. that came the first goal, he pinched exactly. it, used his pace straight in the box, passed it, goal. Yeah. He's that's that's where he's supposed to be. But yeah, yeah. sorry. Well, better, but, but, but to bring it back, let's bring it back to the United result. Yeah. Let's face it, they've come from Europe where they've played in Turkey. Olegon and Solskjaer, yeah. he's under pressure. And he does what he does, right? This is yeah. pretty much expected. He's played against an Everton side. An Everton side that you could argue would probably be better suited if they were managed by Sam Allardyce in this particular game to get the result, mm. which is the irony in all yeah. of this. They come out, and, you know, the first goal they suffer, you're thinking, oh, boy, here we go. It's going to be the same old Route one, route one, hit the weakness. Lindelof, absolutely pathetic in the air. Doesn't know what he's yeah. doing. Calvert-Lewin clips him to it. Where, uh, I don't even think he gets off the ground in challenging it. It was absolutely shocking. Yeah. And definitely the weakness from United's perspective is the centre-back with Lindelof and between there and him, Wan-Bissaka. Wan-Bissaka, great player. Great player, defending-wise, but that's pretty much what he offers you. So they concede that goal. And then also, if we've got to scrutinise and we've got to focus on the goal being scored getting past Wan-Bissaka, he's so right dominant that even when Bernard comes in, and takes the touch to Kim in on his right, he attempts to make the tackle with his right foot across his body. So instead of ushering him and making the challenge or blocking with his left foot, he makes that typical challenge where players dominate one foot and crosses the leg right across. One Basaka, young yeah. man. Yeah, I mean, 
For me, you know, it's obviously a much-needed victory for for Man United. Um, I see, it obviously, made a few changes, and there's just there's just obviously a lot. There's there's a lot of weaknesses um, that that Man United have, and and I think this is this is typical of of the, the Man United way of late of paper like paper uh, masking over the cracks, fixing the cracks at surface level, and they might win the next game. Um, but then they might drop the next couple of points and then they might go lose again in Europe and then all of a sudden we're back at square one. Um, I think there's a fundamental problem in that change room, specifically at Man United, and I, I, I really do think, I really do think that, and I said it last week, Wong, where you were here, I think they're lacking, hmm. they're lacking a leader, they're lacking a Roy Keane, yeah. they're lacking your Phil Neville's, your, your Gary Neville's, your Paul Scholes, the guys that would take... Take the game by the scruff of the neck when 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 Alex Ferguson wasn't around on the pitch yes. and actually sorted it out themselves because at times they're just looking they're looking around looking for 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 answers and they just don't have them. Um, Harry Maguire is not going to give you that. Harry Maguire looks confused for ninety minutes constantly, even if he has a good game. 100%. You just look at him; he looks confused. <laughs> he does. does. And the irony about him being confused, though, is he's still, he's, sorry, Nick, he still had more goals or goal, attempts on that. goals than what Aubameyang has had this season. Yeah. Yeah. Continue, um, continue. But for me, I like the fact that uh, Mata played. Um, I do, I do, I feel for Pogba. I know you felt for him last week. I, I've got a soft spot for Pogba. I know maybe his attitude sometimes isn't the right, isn't, isn't sort of right for a team that's maybe not doing so well. And maybe there's a reason that you can point um, for, for for one of the downfalls of Man United. But for me, I just think a World Cup winner who was one of the MVPs two years ago in for, uh, for France in Russia, I just don't know that there's the right man in place to try and manage a player like that. A spoiled brat at times, but a game changer on the other, on the other side of the coin. Um, yeah. And if they're going to be successful, they need to get that. They need to get Pogba firing again if they're going to be successful. And right now, they're going to struggle to get into the top half, to be fair. There's a couple of teams that are a lot better than them, smaller teams, if you want to call it that. But there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of teams yeah. playing far better than Man United. The Man, United's, yeah. Man United's not, it's not the, shit, can we go get a draw today? Can we, can we close up shop? It's can we go have a go at Man United because they've got the weakness at the back. They've got problems in the midfield. They're not firing up top. They're signing players that they probably don't need. They've got a manager yeah. who's probably not happy because he's not getting the players that he wants. Or the players aren't happy with the manager that they have. I don't know what the issue is there, but I think they need big changes there if they're going to be successful. I feel for them. I really do. Yeah, look, we, we know there's a lot of dark arts happening behind the scenes. But if we're focusing on this game in particular, they've, they've gotten the three points. They're now sitting in 14th position. Yeah. Um, they've got their 10 points. They're still somewhere, what, they're quite, I think they've got a game in hand. They're still somewhere off the mark. Yeah. They've got they're a minus two us, goal difference. They're behind us. And so look far. how shit we are. They're behind yeah, exactly. us. And look how shit we are. So, That's arguably the, the, the positive thing for Newcastle. They're still one point ahead of Newcastle, <laughs> uh, or ahead of Man United, which is obviously the thing. But if we're focusing on the goals that were scored and we're looking at United's performance, I think one of the key factors is something that Moss has brought up to our attention previously is that Mata started this game for United. Mata's a little bit of a ball player, isn't he? He knows how to find those pockets. He knows how to make little one-two changes in between the gaps. 
He is something that you could say that they're missing a player that links between Rashford and Martial very, very well. And if we're looking at Fernandes, a leader in all the sorts, he does everything, right? He does, he's got a little bit of everything. I mean, dare you compare him to like someone like Steven Gerrard. I mean, he doesn't even lick the guy's boots, but he does have the same sort of attitude in the team. And that's kind sure. of what's carrying him at the moment. Hmm. Yeah, Longer? I mean... No, look, I, I, I feel the same. I, I agree with you guys. Man United, yo, I just, I just, I don't, I just don't know myself what, what is missing. But yeah, I mean, one matter, I think him starting, definitely, um, like you say, filling in, filling in those pockets between there. But one thing I'm also not, I don't know about Rashford. Um, he should also be, I know really on his case. I mean, yeah, he's feeling the hungry, and, uh, and I think <laughs> that's good. But on the field, I think, I don't know, like he's just, He's also, I, I feel like he's just like a bombing. He's not scoring, I mean, enough goals like he should be. And not, not even a goals. I think also assists as well. I think the first one or two games for me, he was, he was great. But the other two games, I think he was, he was pretty much missing for me, uh, in my own opinion. And I think for he could be a lot more dangerous. I mean, that opportunity at one-on-one uh, where the ball came over, first touch wasn't great. Um, first touch wasn't great and it put him out in a difficult position. That's why the shot ended up um, hitting uh, straight into Pickford. And then there was the, this, I think, I don't know if they gave that goal to, to Rashford, the one, the, the header. No, it was, they gave uh, it to Fernandez. Yeah, because he didn't touch it. And I thought, man, he should have at least got a touch on that one, you know. I just don't know. I, it's my own opinion. I just think Rashford should be doing better. 100% I think, better. I think on the, on the Mata situation, Claudio, I think for me, a player like that is a luxury player. And we've spoken about that. We've used that term. Um, and if you're going to use a luxury player in, in Mata, if he's playing on the sides, I mean, for me, he plays on the sides. If he plays on the sides, he's coming inside anyway. You need you need workhorses behind him. Um, and they probably got it right. They probably got it right with the sort of players that they've played in, in Fred and McTominay. Fernandez is, is one who, who works his socks off and, and he will die for the team. Um, but, you know, then you look at a, a Pogba and the way he's sort of playing and you maybe slot a, a, a Mata in the same lineup as a Pogba, are you going to get that work from the two of them? More than likely not. Mata's not going to give you that defensive graph. Is his legs gone? I don't know if his legs are gone, but I do think you need that protection if you're going to get that end result. And the end result are those cute passes, are those passes that unlock defences when they are sitting in deep with runners running in behind or runners peeling off. So I think it's a valid option for them. And I just think I, we've said it. Moss has been crying. I think a lot of guys have spoken. You know, if Ole's going to have a second option of how he's going to play, he's got a, he's got a lethal weapon. He's a weapon, Mata. He needs to be used. And if they're going to... If they're going to progress, they need to. They need Plan B, Plan C, Plan D. Because right now, Plan A hasn't worked most of the season. Yeah. Most of the season. I think. But even like I was saying, like with with Rashford, I felt like the first few games he was the one doing that. Uh, I can't remember which one, so I can't remember exactly. But it was the first two games I watched Man United. Rashford was the one doing the final pass before Man United was scoring their goals. Yeah. Um, and I honestly, maybe. Maybe that's what their plan was, and then they didn't have. But now, definitely, it's not right. It's not, it's not working. They need Rashford. Now, I think they need Rashford high up the pitch. I don't think they need to be relying on a Rashford to try and unlock defenses. He needs to be there with the final product, putting the ball in the back of the net. So, hundred percent. The quicker they find a solution, um, 
And it can't be one player. It can't be Fernandez. It can't just be Mata. It can't just be Pogba. Mm. It needs to be a combination of players. Um, I mean, your source well, of goals. Let's let's let's, let's talk. Let's talk about the source of goals, and let's talk about having another player in the mix. And when you look at, we throw Cavani's name out there, and you look at the yeah. finish. Sure, it was a counter attack. It was a breakaway four v two. Everton had to push bodies forward, and that was the result, unfortunately. Allen, who's your, your deep-lying midfielder, t- decides to take on a player, plays a three-ball, gets intercepted by the shit brick house, Harry Maguire, and then the counter's on. The brilliance of Fernandes to carry that ball all the way, yeah. carry the ball, and the timing of his pass, and just put Cavani in. When you've got to look at his finish, Cavani, I don't think there are many players in the world that would be above him in terms of the list that you would want in that sort of situation, exactly yeah. where he found himself in. So as for another source of goals or another source of you know, hitting the back of the net. I think he's a great option, even though he is tired and he's not a long-term not a long-term fixture by any means. I think that finish was exemplary of the type of player you have in a Cavani if United know how to utilize him properly under Ole. Sure. I mean, for me, you know, I don't think he was number one. I think you alluded to this a few weeks back. I think it was yeah. sort of a panic buy because they didn't they didn't get Sancho over the line. So it was like, okay, we need, we need to give the fans something. I think they'd lost the game. They've the week before, something like that, and Cavani was available. But listen, it's not a bad signing to, to 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 have available at the last minute to to sort of come into your squad and add a bit of beef. If they are going to progress in tournaments, I do think they will get out their group in Europe. Um, I think his experience uh, will be valuable for them. But I worry. I don't know. I worry about uh, my worry is not them going for. They'll score goals. They've proved that they can score goals. They scored five in a week against uh, last week against uh, Leipzig. They scored four against Newcastle. They they can score goals. Yeah. Can yeah. they keep them out the back? That's the biggest issue for me, and I'm not I'm not I'm not convinced yet. We we are on the theme of goals, and uh, we've got we've got we've got one of our our guests that we love having, and he's just got this for you, Wonga. <laughs> Thanks, Marcus. Thanks for rocking up. Thanks for rocking up. Before we move on the game, though, before we move on, Jason, yeah. not, not sorry, wrong one. Um, he p- mentions obviously Pickford played and he has another howler with Maguire. And for me, in that moment, it's absolutely shocking. There's no what he does in this moment with Maguire is he just misses the amount of contact that he has, with Maguire, but, but the concept's the same. He comes out yeah. after. You would think he would have learned, but he comes out smashing the guy. The only difference is Maguire doesn't feel pain and his body's built like concrete. I, I think that's the only difference. I don't know. I don't know. But like that for me, I've seen softer penalties this weekend given than what that, that happened in that moment. I told you. I told you nothing, nothing good comes out of Sunderland. Nothing good comes out of Sunderland. <laughs> and that includes Jordan Henderson, by the way. Hey. No, 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 that's, that's for you, Jason. That's for you, Jason, as well. But Claudio, even... Even looking at uh, never mind Pickford's one, uh, Maguire. Uh, I remember when the, the people were complaining about him holding um, against Chelsea. Was it against Chelsea when he held uh, Asculipeta? When he literally grabbed him around yeah. before, when, as he went for a header. He did the same thing um, with. Um, um, he's like, I like doing this. Um, who's this? Oh, Covered Lewin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he did the same thing with Covered Lewin. I think it was the first first half. They didn't across. I think it was their first opportunity. Covered Lewin nicked a header over, but it just went over the bar. If Covered Lewin had just lost his legs, that would have been given a probably would have given a penalty deciding on VAR. His hands were all over Covered Lewin before Covered Lewin get a touch on the ball. I just don't understand how this how this guy's thinking. Both of yeah. them, Maguire, Pickford, yeah. But anyways, 
Yeah, they're both mental. They're mental, and you know what? That's England's future at the moment, unfortunately. Um, Yeah. Damien says, you know, every time Pogba has been dropped, and I know we've touched on Pogba, we know that Nick is a fan of Pogba. Me, I'm on the fence. I I think you talk about luxury players. For me, I just don't think he gives the team what it needs, especially currently what they need. But he says every Mm -hmm. time they haven't played, they've done well without him. For me personally, if we're looking at things, I think his time at United is coming to an end. And I think January, he's only around the corner. Is his agent mm. going to start? We know his agent's a shit stirrer. Is he going to start looking abroad and start looking for other things? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised I if he's off. I mean... I heard things. If it's not working out, yeah, if it's not working out for him, I mean, he can easily... He can easily go to a... Can't jump as it is heavy. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there'll be suitors in Spain. There'll be suitors in Italy again. I wouldn't be surprised if a PSG even come in for him. I think Pogba yeah. adds to the Premier League brand. I, I just think, I mean, I love the I, I love the best players in the league coming to the, to 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 whatever team it is. Nine times out of ten, it's not Newcastle, so I just have to be in awe of them. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about let's talk about players coming to the league. The players coming hey. to the league. Chelsea four one. As things stand, they've scored the most goals in the Premier League. They are flying. Another four goals and four goals contributed everywhere. But the one player I want to talk about is Ziyech. The guy, uh, Scott, did I pronounce that correctly if he's still there? Ziyech. Ziyech. For me, it's like, it's always always interesting. You know the type of player, Ziyech. You know the the type of player you're getting when you are getting a player from Ajax is, you know, he's going to be technically gifted. You know, he's got a little bit of pace, but is he going to hit the ground running in the Premier League? And for me, he's absolutely done that. These four goals that they score on the weekend, is largely because of the quality in this player. We know yeah. they, 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 can, they get caught sleeping a little bit. Sheffield have come out flying out of the blocks. And all of a sudden, they crawl their way back. I mean, what's his name? Um, flipping. Tabby Abraham. Abraham yeah. scuffs his shot, and somehow they get back into the game. And from there, they manage to take control. But uh-huh. Ziyech, every ball he whips in with that left foot, Talk about educated. Moss has used this term before. Educated, quality, yeah. the, the time, everything. It's just, wow, what a player. What are your thoughts, Wonga? No, I agree with you, Claudio. Um, I think every cross, I even uh, the whose goal was it? Uh, was it Chulo's goal? I, looking at it, I, you guys, I, thought, I, I still think the keeper could have done better, but <laughs> maybe the way that ball came in, he just didn't know whether to go or come forward and it left him right there. And, he couldn't have been put in a better place. He just had to brought the keeper out, put in the, just, yeah, just a tight angle, put it in. Um, the, all the free kicks down on the right-hand side, all these in-swingers were giving them problems. I, I think every time he came in, they were just panicking and they just knew something was going to come out of it. But yeah, I think he's doing very well for a good, a good start for, uh, for a new signing, one of the I new think, signings. I think, I think, uh, <laughs> Wonga, can you say Spill Equator again? <laughs> <laughs> Claudio, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna learn how to go uh, onto the YouTube, right? Yeah, so you can just rewind. Check that. <laughs> <laughs> how do you wanna say it? Do you wanna say Aspalaqueta or do you wanna say it the Barcelona way? Aspalaqueta. I don't know. Um, you know what I like about like, um, scoring is that somehow Chelsea have done it again where they found a like for like replacement in a in a left back scoring goal. Chilwell yeah. keeps falling to him in the box and he's, he's taking advantage of it. And I think um, the only, if we're looking and assessing the game holistically from a Chelsea's perspective, I think the blessing in disguise comes in the form of a Pulisic injury. We know that like with Pulisic coming, what, is, what does Lampard do? 
Now all of a sudden with Pulisic injured, he can play Werner on the left and he can play Abraham up front. And in some way, shape or form, they're actually more mobile. Because when I'm seeing yeah. a player like Werner, I'm loving seeing him on the left-hand side rather than hitting the line. I think he offers a team more when he hits on the left because he can make the runs down the line, but even more so he can make runs in behind. And there's always that yeah. option, especially if you've got a player like Ziyech on the left and he's going to cut in. He's always got the diagonal as an option for a player like that. And I think the fourth goal that Werner scores is because he makes the running behind, defender can't see it. It's a late draw. I think, yeah. I think, I think also Kante going back into sort of more of a natural deeper roles also helped them. I think, uh, can I comment on Chilwell's hairstyle? I think uh, it hasn't really changed, but I just noticed how much jelly has in there or how smooth and shiny his, his dark locks are. But, um, you know how it is, when you go to Chelsea, you've got to slick it up, dude. That's the guys, Roman. You've got to slick it up. You're living in, you're living in, you're living in fancy town, but I do, I do agree. And, and I, I was just, I was I was reading something today, and um, you know, Mourinho was just talking about uh, how Spurs would possibly be able to be title contenders, or or, or possibly win the title in most most European nations um, around uh, or leagues in European nations. But in, the, in 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 England, you've got all these top teams, and he mentioned Chelsea. I thought he didn't mention Chelsea, but the question that I asked was, are Chelsea are Chelsea contenders this year? And with what they've bought, if Frank can get that, if they can get it right, if they can get the, the right combination, and, and by the looks of it, they've got depth, they've got players that will return from injury, um, I think they are forced to be reckoned with because, like you said, they've got goals in them, and it looks like they are trying, they are, Frank's trying to sort out the defensive issues because they're not conceding as much as they, as they were. Um, in, the, in the in the first couple of games of the, of the season, um, so I don't know what your thought, thoughts are, but I think I think we've got a we've got a four four horse race here at the moment. By the looks of it, I I, I, yeah. I, I would say Chelsea and Spurs are definitely in it. 100%. Well, yeah, I think I think I think the whole the title race thing is completely up for grabs in terms of you know these sides. I know we're going to move to it later, so maybe we're going to let, let's save that for the end, rather, because it's going to touch yeah. into the, the Pep and Klopp comments that I want to want to discuss. But Lolo, by the way, likes the background wongas, and so he's 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 not on the show today, Marcus. Don't know why. You can ask him where he is, but he is watching. So thanks uh, for joining in. Um, but talking about Thiago being the difference at the back, I think a player like Kurt Zuma, and then you have Chilwell playing next to Thiago. I think that confidence is skyrocketing there. These guys are just, they've also conceded. I think, what is it, Chelsea situation? They've scored 20 goals. They've got a plus 10 goal difference. So they've also got one of the lowest conceding rates in the, in the league at the moment. So things yeah. seem to be doing all right. So as for them being title contenders, yeah, definitely. There's definitely a possibility there. Um, moving on to, to the West Ham Fulham game. I think, I know we don't normally cover, we cover West Ham and Rich is here. He's not here today, but this game needs to be discussed anyway, just because of what happens mm. within the last, last five minutes or so. Wonga. You are Lookman. You've got a chance to, to, to save a team, to save your team that's fighting for relegation. And you go and you try and hit a panenka. And all of a sudden, bang, it's the worst thing that can happen whenever you attempt for a penalty. That's, that's exactly what he landed up. What do you think? Well, like, what, or what was this look, about? Look, no, I, I honestly, I, I never watched the, the Fulham game, uh, the Western Fulham game. But after what you're telling me now, that's absolute madness. Why would yeah. you go try and do a paneka? Yeah. You know, to win the game, no way. Yeah. No, no, to level the game, to save the game, to save the game. Yeah, that's the thing. I, Why would you do that? 
but I think for me, for me, the the it, it, the last goal or the first goal for uh, for West Ham, or the only goal for West Ham came so late as well, and then they have a chance a couple of minutes later in injury time to to snatch a point in a London derby. I know he's a young boy. I think I heard Mitrovic speak now. He got interviewed at the in the Serbia camp, and he, he just said penalties are going back to him after that. And he said, yeah, and you, can you can picture it as well. Yeah. He said it in a way yeah, where he kind of protected Lukman because he said Lukman is a young boy, but oh, he completely balls it up. In my, country, in my country, we have hostage situations. We know how to switch over big. This poor kid, he stands up to take a big moment like this. It's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he saw newspaper. Yeah. That's what he saw. Yeah. He saw newspaper yeah. headlines. You know, like I looked at the situation again and what I think has actually happened here is that firstly, it was a straight penalty. It was a giveaway penalty and the ref doesn't give it and it has to go back to VAR. So it's the one instance where I can say VAR VAR gets it right. Mm -hmm. But in that that time, I think Fulham are convinced that they're getting a penalty here and I think there's like a five-minute delay. So there's a lot of time to be had. There's a lot of thinking that's happening. And as you can Mm -hmm. see, he knows he's going to mm. take this penalty and he probably thinks, yeah, yeah. you know what, I'm going to put the bottom left. Then time goes on and he's going, oh, name the headlines. I can see it. I can see, look, man, it's a panenka, a pig. You can actually see it. As, as the attempts, normally how these things happen is, or the ones that are successful anyway, they, they're a lot more casual. There's a lot less thought. And it's just like, bang, I'm going to put it down the middle. This guy thinks so hard about it. I actually think he hits a bit more of the ground than he does, and he doesn't get. Yeah, he does. He hits it too well. But actually, yeah. there's no power on it. It's it's actually. Yeah. There was no power on it. It was almost going backwards. It was so slow. But, <laughs> but he looked oh like my he was. He, he, the players were consoling him at the end. I mean, I think I would have hoped to be the manager there because I'm sure the man. Uh, Scotty Parker came out and said, "That's not how you take a penalty," and and that's classic Scotty Parker. He would have gone up. Tucked his shorts, uh, tucked, tucked his shirt in and into his shorts and just hung it down the middle. Um, but he was—he looked inconsolable, and I, he looked like he just wanted the ground to swallow him up. So yeah. it was well, agreed for me. I followed. Obviously, now though, Nick, if I was that manager, I don't know if I'd be able to hold back my emotions. I, yeah. <laughs> I think I'll let him know exactly how I'd feel about but that. Now, but now, let me let me paint this picture for you. If if um, if Fulham go down on goal difference. Or if they go down with two points um, above or, or just below the the drop, how's that boy going to feel? How's that boy going to feel? Well, he's going to have to harden the fuck up. That's what he's going to do. Um, so we're going to move on, um, yeah. and we're going to talk about West Brom Spurs. Talking about hardening the fuck up, we got Mourinho really giving giving the Spurs team a bit of a, a teaspoon of cement because this is kind of what's happening at the moment. Really yeah. shit game. Terrible game to watch. West Ham, oh, West Brom, sorry, actually kind of surprised me. I think they had a decent game. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, 100%. Harry Kane, who else pops up right yeah. at the end and says, thanks, guys. Thanks, boss. Thanks, dad. I can I can already see it. He sees Mourinho as a father figure more than yeah. he has seen anyone else. He calls him father. I'm telling you. <laughs> Daddy, Daddy what, what do you say in Portuguese? What do you say, Papa? Oh, bye. Oh, bye. No, it's a pie. Pie Marino. Pie Marino. That's what's going on there. Uh, no, I think, I think uh, it, it looked like it was... It just looked like it, was, it wasn't going to come. But the Spurs hmm. of late is it's, it's, it's falling to them. You know, everything, everything is falling into place. They're getting the clean sheets now. They're, they're looking hmm. a little bit more solid. And, and uh, they're winning games 
the ugly way sometimes. You know, they win in uh, when maybe you think it is going to be a normal draw. That and 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 that is. There were periods in the season last year, Claudio, where your team was doing that. You were winning your one nils, your exactly. two nils, you know, and it was not the most entertaining game, but you were getting over the line. Um, and dare I say it, you know, we are only eight games in, but yeah. he's 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 making them and 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 uh, molding them into a team that can challenge. I'm not saying they'll win it, but they can mm. at least challenge and have that the steel in their back to sort of. Get get past the festive period um, in a good position, and if they're in a good position, the running you never know. Um, with yeah. the hurricane firing, yeah. um, and hurricane's going to need to stay in form because England are going to need him for the for the Euros. So I think he's got something to look forward to. He's going to have he's going to have to uh, work in uh, in staying staying in form with with the power of of Bale and Sun next to him with the depth that they have. Um, I'm I'm highly impressed. I think Harry Kane scored his 150th goal. Um, yeah, he's able to Mike Lowen now. Yeah. yeah, and uh, I think it was his 34th headed goal, which was quite impressive uh, that I saw today. So, uh, well, I, I'm not. Yeah, he did score this head, right? Well, he scored. He yeah. scored 34. He scored 34 <laughs> headers in his career. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think they've got. Um, They've got they've got something different to what they've had under Pochettino. I think it's a bit more steel, a little bit more arrogance about them, which uh, which will help them. Well, you know the the strange thing is Pochettino leaves, and there's all that talk. Oh, you know, especially the man that I'm not a fan of at all, um, Tim Sherwood. You know, he loves yeah. he loves bashing on Mourinho number one, but he likes bashing anyone else who has the Spurs job because he wishes he had it. Also, he has <laughs> he terrible managerial, no. yeah. Because yep. he failed there, that's why. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Terrible record, by the way. Shocking, yeah. but he's got the biggest mouth. Anyway, the 100%. thing is, as soon as Pochettino leaves, he's all these pundits are coming out saying, Harry Kane's got to leave. His next move is United. His next I mean, how have things changed now? I can tell you now, with Mourinho being there, with Bale coming in, with one or two of the other players that have come in, the likes of um, the left-back, the Spanish boy, I think, yeah, I think yeah. Harry Kane is... is in his element now. He's going, holy yeah. shit, I'm playing with the likes of a bail, which he's never going to get at United. And all of a sudden, I'm the main man still at my club where I've got a mm. huge opportunity if they do not win something this season, whether at Europa, whether at League Cup, or whether at anything, really. It's going to be a huge opportunity missed, I think, for the player's career and the likes of Harry Kane, as well as for Mourinho. And I don't think Mourinho is going to take anything less than a trophy this season. Sure, but I mean, uh, uh, the big thing for me... Uh, in the media, it's always been Harry Kane. Is it time? Is it time he goes to? Uh, he's 27. Should he go to Real Madrid, or Barcelona, or Man United, or whatever it is to go and progress his career? Man United isn't really a progression. Um, but I mean, if you're going to go to a Spain, look at Hazard. He has he struggled. I know he's had a few injuries, but it's not always greener on the other. Uh, it's not, it's, the grass isn't always green on the other side. Um, yeah. And now you say you're correct. You 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 so correct, Claudio. Maybe the maybe something is forming there, and you know, the North London is now looking more white than it has ever been, than it will be red. And I'm worried for your cl club, Wonga. We've got a we've got a very strong spirit team developing here, and Arteta must 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 follow suit. You know, I'm very hopeful for Arteta, um, but yeah, they're forming something quite powerful there. And uh, it's exciting for the league. It's exciting to have a strong Spurs team, um, and and another London team in in or another team in London uh, pushing pushing the likes of Chelsea and 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 fighting for the title. I think yeah, yeah. like what Nick what Nick said when I watched Tottenham as well. Yeah, geez, it's 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 
Yeah, it's a bit awkward. I mean, you got to they they winning those games. Some of the games are quite nice to watch. Uh, but yeah, they they are London rivals. <laughs> you want to be doing better than them. Um, and also, what like just to add to what Nick was saying, I mean, they also a positive for them is that they're winning games where I mean you don't even see a win coming. Eighty seventh minute, I would have thought you know probably have been a penalty, but they really scrambled that ball in the back of the net. Um, again, City. As well, before Liverpool, Liverpool, yes, last last season, Liverpool were also winning games like that. I mean, the one was the two ones. Uh, same thing with City the season before that. I mean, I remember many times where, well, not many, but yeah, a couple of times where Sterling, Aguero putting balls in the back of the net, like in the 80th, 90th minute. They scored many, go- a couple of goals there that were vital to them winning the season. Yeah, still early days, but. They had to win this game and they won it. That's what matters at the end of the day. Not what so they should talking, have done, what they did. Talking about, talking about the title, needing the title. and I mean, pff, Leicester. Leicester have done it again. Albeit, it yeah. wasn't a game of two teams cancelling each other out. And it was one crazy, ridiculous decision that kind of also immediately got married in the next game with the Liverpool-Man City game. The handball mm. decision, the VAR decision... The bullshit rule that I can't even keep up with anymore. I just don't understand. I just I think it's a bunch of academics making decisions that athletes experience when they're playing. And I think the way in which the decisions are going, and I've said this before, that the only way this will be successful moving forward is if players either play with their arms behind their backs or they mm. just like I think well, I was going to say have their arms chopped off, but that's quite extreme. But I think like just have their arms tied behind their backs is the only way they're going to be doing it. Because how can a player in his natural position when he's tracking back? Thing gets smashed into him in a space of two or three meters. Literally, he can be seen trying to pull his hand away. If the ball does make it past him, it's not going to interfere with or sure. possibly be a goal-scoring opportunity. Yet, the decision is still taken being like, this is going to be a penalty. Nick, mm. you've, done, yeah. you've gone in these passes. You know the rules. I think this is all bullshit, but please just explain this to me. Yeah. It, it was a, I mean, we've... We've we had a, a chat, I think, in the last two trips that I've done to to the UK. And I mean, the, the intentional rule that in word intentional's been scrapped because I think that was mm. a big contentious issue. Hundred percent. If the if the hands are in a in a position that are away from the body, unfortunately, they're going to be called. And whether mm. or not I agree with it. Um, but unfortunately, I think VAR has come into a lot of scrutiny where I think uh, uh, they, they did a poll, um, I think, over uh, over the last week or so. I think Sky Sports did it with, with X amount of fans. And I think 85% of the fans said they would rather do away with VAR altogether. Um, yeah, I agree. Because, you know, at the end of the day, VAR may be... For offsides, maybe I I don't know. I know they've even been contentious. Um, Look because, at Bamford. Bamford's offside. No, These. No, I mean, this enough. is some crazy shit. Yeah. Fair enough. You know, but you know, I think the penalties are, are issues. Maybe we stick with the 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 goal line uh, technology only, which is is probably the most most contentious if the ref doesn't get it right because it's a goal. Um, mm. Remember, penalty isn't a goal yet. Uh, we we also need to remember that. The goal, uh, it is a very good chance, but when ball's going over the line and, and they're not given, then I think that is something, but that is a completely different system and it has nothing to do with VAR. Although the system just before we came back from lockdown actually didn't, um, I think they 
did not give one of the goals uh, to Aston Villa, if I'm not mistaken, or to one of the teams that got relegated. Might have been Bournemouth. Um, yeah. And they actually said, I think it was over a thousand games of football. There was never a mistake with that. And they, they, they actually, technology got it wrong. So, unfortunately, we're relying on, a, on, a, on an automated system and being, uh, being opinionized by people, like you said, that are p- potentially academics that aren't on the, on the field. Hmm. Someone said it the other day, the best referees are refereeing in the Premier League. They referee in every match. There's 10 matches a weekend. They referee. They're the best eyes and they know the rules the best. you got guys that we've never even heard of that are sitting in a room making decisions. So if you actually think about it, and I said this a couple of weeks ago, the best people that understand are the ones in the field. They should be the ones actually in the room because they're in the room, they're making all the calls. Are they not? Mm. Yeah, which, which, which like begs the question, they should then, while they're not going to the screen, more often than what they are at the moment in terms of the yeah. Premier League. But we know the Premier League like doing things different. We'll also yeah. know that FIFA introduced this beast without knowing how to tame it, which is some bullshit. They were just trying to look innovative. But moving sure, on but to the one that there's probably just more... In terms to- of Leicester, just in terms of Leicester, uh, just a quick comment. I think the way Brendan Rodgers has got them set up, um, I think they, they look very dangerous. And, and I'm not suggesting that they'll, they'll put a title front um, challenge on, but I mean, they've done it before. Um, yeah. Although they look so devastating uh, when they've got the ball in deeper areas and teams are pressing them high because they can play out and they've got, if there's space to run into, the, play, the likes of Madison, Pratt, um, Vardy, Barnes, it's devastating. It's, it's actually devastating what they can do to teams. Um, yeah. I'd like to see them continue it, and, and, and it will be interesting to see how, how they get on for the rest of the season. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I mean, like we, we've spoken about, there's, there's a lot of guys that are in contention for pushing, and I, one of the benefits Leicester do have is that you know they're not playing as many games as the other sides are, which sure. means they can set up, have more time to prepare in, in relation to the competition which which and we know brennan rogers is you know he's pragmatic to the point where he knows how to set up his team he's an awesome trainer allegedly they say he's a great coach and that's where his strength is and i can man manage his players which he's learned i would think over the years when he from when he joined liverpool to now i think he's a lot more assertive a lot more has a lot more conviction about how he comes out into the dugout how he addresses his players how he hits his notepad like a Mourinho does even though i saw that meme this weekend about Mourinho writing Jose and it was like one of those one of those S's that he draws, but that was his tactics. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's the interesting thing. However, guys, we're talking about the penalties. We know that Gomes suffered the similar penalty. We're not going to mm. go down this path because you've you've elaborated. Wonga, that reaction was brilliant because what is your overall view on on the Man City Liverpool clash that everyone? was talking about in terms of this is going to be a goal thriller and ended up 1-1. What are your thoughts? Yeah, look, I, I, I for one, uh, I know, I think, I remember last week, if I can remember correct, I, I did I did think, everyone, I mean, even the, the bookies were thinking Man City were going to take it clean, never mind a goal thriller. Um, and I just thought there's, there's no ways. I thought Liverpool... Um, I mean, they just said Yota. That's my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> your uncle, your uncle, drinking means he's on the good shit. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> so I thought, I mean, 
Liverpool, what's, what's the season been about? Good goals. Um, they're able to keep a clean sheet. And I mean, you've seen the last times they played Man City, the problems there were, were Mane, Salah, Firmino. And now they've just added Jota to that mix as well. He can also uh, give you goals as well. So I, I, I just didn't see it being a straightforward match for, for Man City. Had De Bruyne put the ball in the back of the net, I think that would have, uh, that probably, Man City would have probably been able to keep it uh Till the end, but Liverpool also slept. They still had the the players to to level to to bring it level again. So I think end of the day, I think a, a one a one one result was fair. And I also and I also kind of think it's probably what you could have should have expected because the guys have been playing. I mean, City played that same team, only missing Aguero. Liverpool has also been playing that same team against the same. They've been playing each other for a long time now. So I think the players kind of. <laughs> They understand each other and know what to expect from this player and that player. So it's not a yeah. surprise result. It's not a surprise result for me. I know, Claudio, yeah, I mean, I'm I... looking at the stats, you know, a Liverpool, you dominated the shots, you dominated, um, you didn't dominate the, the possession. However, there were 19 fouls yeah. as opposed to, I think, 10 for Liverpool. So, So yeah. they had to contain you. They had to... You know they had to to work hard, um, work hard in, in in general for the whole, for 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 actually the point. However, you know they 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 are a team that like to keep the ball, and I think it's testament to the way Liverpool like to play, and they like to they, their transitions are nice and quick, um, trying to get them trying to get them uh, to face their own goal. Uh, obviously, I mean I had mentioned this game is going to be pivotal in terms of the title race. I'm I'm, I'm a little bit for lack of better words, upset that it's come so soon. Um, I think it would have been nice if it actually happened in, in uh, closer to the festive period. Um, there's my uncle again. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Ronnie. There's only one scene <laughs> Bruce, and we're super thankful that there's only one, to be honest. My question to you is, was, was that the Liverpool that you know can, can perform um, as a title-winning team, was that a good enough performance in your opinion? Do you think you could have done better? Were City there for the taking? Uh, let me tell you, this was fascinating for me because what happens against Atalanta, we know Jota has a blinder. He's absolutely unplayable on the day. The game yeah. ends and there's a post-match post sort of interview with Jurgen Klopp and they ask, so, you know, what, what are you going to do now? Are you going to drop Firmino, you can play Jota, and that's what the whole conversation was about. But he nearly said something that he held back and he realized he didn't want to give too much information away. It was almost like a, a little plan that he, or an ace that he had up his sleeve. And um, so the whole week we were asking, you know, is it going to be Jota? Is it going to be, is it going to be Firmino? Who's going to play? Who isn't going to play? And what he did was in the end, he went with both. And on paper, that makes sense. On paper, it makes sense. But Guardiola mirrored exactly what they did, uh, what, what Liverpool, how Liverpool had set up which is always interesting because they, they tend to do that. If the one's playing 4-3-3, the other one does exactly the same thing. If the one's going more 4-2-4 or 4-4-2, then the other one does exactly the same thing. And, you know, you guys are talking about being at a typical Liverpool. Yeah, first 30 minutes, there was one side playing the game. Liverpool could have put their game to bed within the first 30 minutes. Had they taken their chances, they probably would have. The game would have been different, would have been a different result. They would have tapered it off, kept possession, and that would have been the game done. However, they didn't take their opportunities. And the thing I've got to ask myself, and I mean, you know me, I'm a Bobby Firmino supporter, number one. But 
what happened was there, there were there were certain scenarios where just his pace kind of pulled back a little bit. There were, there were one or two decisions. Look, he was phenomenal. He kept the play in the middle of the park. He kept us going, which is great, and he allowed us to build up. But in the final third, where we needed a bit more pace, where we needed a bit more like quicker thinking, not saying he doesn't think quick enough, but just quicker feet, that's where I started thinking. I was like, I wonder if Jota was in that position. I wonder if we had just kept Salah on the left and played him up front, what would have happened? You know, so that's the sort of scenario. However, the game plays the way it does. We don't take our chances. And they land up scoring largely because of us changing our formation, not having enough time to work on it. What happens yeah. is we're playing a 4-4-2. We've got Mane. Mane flipping loves a press. We know that's he for me, he's our best player because he does a bit of everything and he sets the tone. I know we talk about Bobby, he's smart and he sets the trap. But uh. Mane is all guns blazing. And he goes in, he goes in from the left hand side. He's playing on the left now in the 4-4-2, and he goes up and he presses the center, the center back. What happens uh. is he doesn't win and he doesn't drop back. Now all of a sudden, when we normally have three players, and I'm getting technical here, so stick with me if you guys are into this. If you're not, I'm sorry, I'm gonna say this anyway. You've got three center mids in the, mid, in the midfield, right? Normally how we play. So we've normally got cover. If you've got Firmino who goes up, we've got a, a Fabinho, we've got a Vinaldo and Hendo who comes in that position. Yeah. What's happened now is because we're playing a 4-4-2, Mane is bombed forward. And now we've got all this ground that Vinaldo has to cover. Walker yeah. finds himself in a position where he's got miles of space. Miles that of guy space. who's as thick as pig shit, by the way. I'm, I'm not a fan of his. He has all the space and manages to pick up the Bruyne. Now, also, if, you, if you, we really got to get technical and really got to dive deeper and go, okay, the difference between a Matip who's just come back playing against the City, who did well for us, but the difference between him and a, a Van Dijk is you've got a Gundogan who makes this run. He makes the run, and what happens is Matip follows the runner, gets pulled out of yeah. space, yeah. and the ball gets uh-huh. played into a man who always looks like he's in the middle of the jungle forest, just swiping things away. His touch is erratic. <laughs> the tapping merchant, what's his name? Uh, Zajuz. Jesus. Mr. Jesus. Don't tell me. Jesus, don't tell me that touch that touch was intentional. Was that touch intentional, Wonga? Yeah, it's like a Dennis Burkham. 100% intentional. <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm joking. That was, it was horrid. It so, was so, horrid. I mean, that's the point. So, I mean, City have that one moment. They have that one moment where the ball's wet. It comes off his foot. You know, Shea Given comes yeah. out saying it was intentional. Absolutely smoking socks. Then they get the penalty. <laughs> Which, which, by the way, I'm super fortunate. Like, I mean, I was like, well, this is the game. If they score this, the game's done. Which De Bruyne yeah. landed pulling it. I think De Bruyne was trying to put an assist through instead of trying to finish the goal off himself. Yeah. I think he needed Henri to run into the box when that was taken. Actually, that's what I think he was going for. I heard someone but, say he tried to cross it. <laughs> but I think, uh, I think so- in, in general, though, I think for the title race, and I know we're going to speak about it now, um, I do think that... The, hey Farrell, how you doing, man? Thanks for watching. Um, hey, Mr. Farrell, how's it, man? Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but, uh, what I wanted to say is, I think for all the teams, for all the teams um, that are in the in contention for sort of the title, we're looking at that sort of top six right now. That's probably the best mm. result that could happen. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, race yeah. A Leicester, uh, Spurs, a Chelsea, you know, I would be licking my lips at a 1-1 draw for, 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 for the two of those teams. Yeah, and to that point, like it's a fantastic result for the neutrals. But this is, this is what I want to dive deeper into before we finish with the, the cherry on the cake. Is what happened second half was the game tapered off completely. 
Yeah. Man City started taking more control. The players looked fatigued. And this is where the amount of games, you could argue, are kicking in. And, mm. you know, and this is where a Klopp and a Pep Guardiola come out in agreement saying they can't understand why the whole of Europe are allowed five substitutions. But in England, where they play more games than general, than the general the leagues, they only allow yeah. three. And then so the conversation, the debate yeah. is, yeah. yeah. So Sky Sports did a poll today with um, 18 clubs. 18 clubs got back to them. Um, mm. Eight clubs uh, were, sorry, 10 clubs were for it. Eight clubs were not for it. And that's oh. an increase of two clubs that were not for it previously, but have now pro- possibly realized that they've got a few injuries um, and yeah. that potentially is going to add to them having five substitutes is going to add, add to their sort of depth pool that they can they can draw from. Um, yeah, I can yeah. tell you right now, teams like Newcastle, teams like Burnley, teams like West Ham, Leicester. Leicester, Leicester, three substitutes suits those those teams. I'm telling you right now because they don't have the quality that Liverpool have on the bench. Yeah. No. So we, you know, uh, the the or Leicester. Uh, Let's let's talk about teams towards the end of the end of the league table, who aren't playing as many games as a Liverpool. We've only got to worry about the, the a game a league cup game in 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 in, August, um, in uh, December, possibly an FA Cup run, which will probably get knocked out in the first round or the third round, and then we've just got the the the, the Premier League to focus on. So why do we need five substitutes when I go play against a Man City and they can bring on five international players and they're just gonna they're gonna score six or seven? So I understand that point of view. I understand yeah. Liverpool, a Man City, a Spurs that are, are gonna go and challenge, and they're mm. gonna be playing in all these European competitions. They're gonna get injuries. They're gonna get fatigued. They haven't had a proper break. Yeah. Five substitutes. I think, so I the think five. I, yeah. Sorry, sorry. No, I was, I was just saying, I, I agree on, on, like I heard, remember Ole was also complaining about, not the substitutions, he was complaining about the way the, the, the games were playing and he was complaining about playing on a Sunday rather than a Saturday. And for me, I felt, I mean, look, you can't really complain about that because it's, it's, what, it's what's going to happen. Everyone is doing that. Everyone's going to be playing yeah. three games in a week now. So, yeah. but the next, best, the next best thing is then, yes, Allow the five substitution. It's it's pro- probably logical. Richard Master Dude, said it today. Yeah. It's not going to happen this season. So I think we sure. can forget about that. Yeah, it's it's not going to happen. Uh, Fourteen Very teams true. have to vote, and I think Claudio, you know that. Fourteen teams have to vote in favour of a rule change. So that's not going to happen. So I, I I understand. I understand. Listen, it's why the Super League wants. To, that's why they want to break away and start the Super yeah. League. So, so, so for me, for me, you know, I, I, I do understand, but you also got to understand why a team like maybe even a Leeds or a team that's just come up, they're not gonna, they're not gonna want to play against a Liverpool that can bring on five players, because your five, start, your five substitutes would start for 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 a team that's just been promoted. Yeah. You, you see what yeah. I mean? Speaking yeah. to um, Farrell Jones's point, does it not favour the bigger clubs? The only difference is that the bigger yeah. clubs play more games, unfortunately. Which I mean, Trent Alexander, another injury. So it does favour them. Another injury, yeah. because they they've been overplayed. And also, let's I take Liverpool. Yeah, let's I take Liverpool. You, guys, gonna, you can have five substitutes in the Champions League, if I'm not mistaken, and in the Europa League. I think I think that is <laughs> week in week. Yeah, they are. They are allowed five. They are allowed five substitutions. They are allowed five. So, so, yeah, Marcus, we play the blind school. We play the blind school in friendlies. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, 
but no offense to any blind viewers. Yeah, I was about um, to but, say, the blind viewers are probably teaching Newcastle a thing or two. Yeah. But, yeah, I think I think that's where now the best of the best out of those managers are going to be in terms of how they're going to manage their squads, how they're going to rotate. You know, if there's five substitutes allowed in Europe, that's where that's the opportunity to, you know, once you get out your group and you've qualified, Longer. that's an opportunity now to, 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 to rotate as much as you can to rest players for the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Guys, this is the one I've been waiting for. This is the one that Matthew has said we cannot let slide. This is the one longer where the 90-degree turn has happened. Arsenal at home and a 3-0 hiding. Aston Villa, thanks for coming. Wham, bam, thank you. <laughs> yes, this guys, uh, I won't even lie to you guys. Honestly, I did not expect this. I saw... I don't know this guy's on the Sky Sports. He always this 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 guy they have who predicts as well. I think he predicted a two 0 loss to Arsenal, and I was like, yes, that's disrespectful. Arsenal scoring a goal, but what is he smoking? <laughs> Next thing, game comes up when you get hammered. Three uh, 0 absolute shock for me. Can't lie to you. Um, but watching the game, yeah, not obviously not shocked at all. I mean, even the first goal, that should have been allowed. To be honest with you. Um, if you look at it, the keeper really can't do anything about it, whether he saw it or not. What's this guy saying? Even the blind is okay. But yeah, um, <laughs> I, th- I think. Um, yeah, yeah, Nick, Nick's trying to adjust his ear. Keep going, Wonga. Sorry. <laughs> no, watching the whole game, I, I just. Then again, I can't also. Aston Villa also playing very well. Um, all their goals were good goals. Even the one that was uh, marked off as um, as um, as offside. Was that Chrissy Jade? Yeah, it is a tough one to answer. But yeah. <laughs> but then, um, the one one thing that's concerning for me is that Bombing is our striker. Um, he's the guy who wants to score, that we, we, we bought to score goals. And Arsenal's forever had that one player in their team um, since the days of Tyrone Henry, Dennis Burkamp, all of them. But... Uh, now, in this game, he's got zero shots on target. Um, and they're playing the guy down the middle, um, like a Z. And I've said to you guys, yeah, I, I, I like what he does off the ball. But yeah, definitely his finishing is questionable for me. He shouldn't be playing, like a Z shouldn't be playing in the middle if he's not scoring our goals. Um, if, if he's not scoring and you can't put him behind the striker, then take him off the field, put someone else. But a bombing for me needs to be that guy down the middle. He should have had those chances that like a Z had. And I'm pretty sure he would have at least had one goal. And I mean, like the the goal, the, the chances, like I said, had those were all before I think the 60th minute. Um, and that that the, the score was still one one. We still could have labelled it by then. Um, that didn't happen. And also, I lost to what's his name, um, Partey as well at half time. yeah, him coming off big loss, but I don't think it was. I don't think that's the reason we lost 3 0. I think <laughs> we're not scoring goals for me, which is my biggest problem. You know, Wonga, I mean, I know we're speaking about your sort of deficiencies uh, at the know. moment, but, you know, mm. if we talk about um, Villa and mm. just the quality of their first goal, it was an own goal, but. I thought yes. they slowed it down too much. It just the movement and the the quick thinking yes. by Barkley and 
um, Grealish and Target and the cross. It was incredible. The cross was was unreal. I mean, shame. You got to. I thought you would have give credit to the. I thought the boys scored on the side. Um, is it uh, Trezeguet? Um, yes, but they, yeah. gave it to, they gave it to Saka. Um, mm. I mean, just the build up and the the sort of they had this arrogance of who are Arsenal. You know, let's yeah. let's take this game to them. You know, Grealish had his socks lower than ever. He looked like he just came out of the out of the nightclub with that hairstyle. Um, mm. And 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 he was just having fun. It looked like he was playing. He was playing for fun. And you he know, looked like he was Nick, Nick, here's the thing, though: is we expect this from Jack Grealish. We expect it. We what do. We don't expect. We don't expect is when a scouser, who's he's got scouser Nigerian in him, to do the samba because he's been influenced so much by by Grealish. That team was absolutely buzzing. The confidence is on a yeah. certain level. But Arsenal f- uh, players were petrified to come close and make a tackle. They literally just watched them, watched them make ball, that's, make passes until they went in. That's what, that's a, the, yeah, so you finish, Nick, you finish. Your there was a time point. when Barkley, I think, did like three stepovers, but he was standing still. And he was like, is anyone going to like come yeah, and get it? He was moving he was like, like this. He was doing yeah, a little shimmy, like, yeah. That, that wasn't even a stepover. That wasn't even a shimmy. It looked, well, yeah, it looked, you told me what he was doing. But like, again, you are. Why wasn't anyone... And what? What Rob, Rob Holding watching him? Oh goodness for me! For me, for me, I was disappointed in Arsenal because Villa proved in the last couple of games that they can concede goals. Yes, yes. they might have. They might have fixed their issues, but did Arsenal really even pose a threat? Not really. No. Um, no. So you know, I said it already, Wonga, and I said if this is going to be a season where you guys are going to kick on, these are games you should be winning at home. And uh, credit to uh, credit to Villa, I agree with Scott. Credit to Villa, but this is the same Arsenal we're talking about. You have a great result last week, and then you come and you lose to a team that 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 you should be beating, man yeah. for man, you should be beating. Yeah, it's, and that in that sense, it's also we not. I know we always say yeah, ole ole, but if you look at it, truth, it's not that far. We're not yeah. Now we said we're not concede. Like I was saying, yeah, we don't concede many goals. Okay, now we've conceded three, and now we're not in that position anymore. There's other mm. teams that have conceded less than us now. Um, and, yeah, and I mean, Arteta was telling William that he's going to win the Champions League in three years. Uh, my goodness me, which Champions League is this? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's the, one, it's the one where they break away and start their own league, where they play against their beat team. They beat him. No, no, like, honestly, guys, that was, for me, like, the worrying thing for me, the biggest worrying thing, I think the two, I'll, the first one, um, Saka, I got the paper at times, but Saka and Pepe, let's say Saka and Pepe are the only two players who are going to be taking on players. The rest are just passing, passing back, and we need someone to try at least take on some players, you know? Then the, the next thing is our, we're not scoring enough goals. I think we've got nine, we've conceded more than we scored. 100% yeah, yeah minus, minus one goal difference, yep. Yeah, you've conceded, yeah. You've conceded 10 Not goals and scored nine. No. And you know, Damien, Damien pointed this out. You know, we're talking about Aubameyang being a striker. We know that Aubameyang can score goals. We know he's a world-class finisher. Yes. But you've got problems when he has to be your creator. And that's where he is right now. He's creating things. <laughs> no, he shouldn't be there. Yeah. Where's he's, this guy? Yeah. Yeah. There he is. There he is, Oaks. That's he was doing stuff yesterday. He was doing. <laughs> that's it. That's it. 
We we know. He's sitting in a box, ladies and gentlemen. He's in a box. He's in a box. Doing pull-ups in Mongo's box at home. That's the problem. Yeah, they need that. The they doing, don't have him. He, he was doing sit-ups yesterday or today actually, and he's he hashtagged always ready. So I was like, that's a little bit of a dick. He's always ready. He's waiting. Yeah, but you, he's waiting. you know what I love about him as well? <laughs> what was he he's, 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 he's always ready, but he's also got an investment company that he's just opened up. The man's clued up. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's yeah. a politician. I won't be surprised. Mark my words. I'm making a bold prediction. You know I love my bold predictions. Give another 10 years and the guy's going to run for Turkish government. You watch. Well, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what though, one girl. I'm going to tell you something. What mm. I am happy about is Ganasaurus. Uh, they, they gave him his job back. His job back because um, they, they they announced it now on Sky Sports about an hour ago. Mesut Özil's plea to to pay his wages um, <laughs> is uh, has has been has been heard by by the board and they've employed him. They've been re-employed him. I can't recall what the guy's name is, but at least he's going to be back. Maybe that's a. Uh, a little uh, silver lining for you to take into the international break. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> sorry, sorry, uh, sorry, Wonga. I'm just gonna laugh at this because it's so true. This um, Nick, the only pop vinyls I have here, like Nick, I, and I can see it. You could be on the cover of a seventy vinyl cover. Sorry, Wonga, you were saying. <laughs> no, that's good. Now I'm saying maybe that's yeah. the kind of source. I, I wish, I honestly wish he was the reason why we're not scoring. <laughs> that's my biggest concern now. Um, yeah, it's Arsenal scoring, and also, but also the you see, also this this thing, this ambitious thing. Like I remember, Wenger had this four year four year plan that never materialized. Um, I, look, everyone has plans, and I I I, I don't want to mock the guy, but uh, there was Klopp as well who, who who said it. He said he would win a title within four years, and I think he did it before that, um, and he brought in a lot. Um, so it's possible. Then yeah. now Arteta, he said. He said it to William that three years he's going to win the Champions League. Three years. Three years, guys. The, the, the first season, we close to halfway point of the first season. Um, we we definitely, not, definitely not with the players that we have now. We're going to win it. And I, and I think um, I think just to chosen the one point, I think, uh, I don't know who was in the comments, mentioned something about uh, Saliba and the situation there as well. I'll find a few. Um, Christy. Christy. Said he's being wasted. He's got wasted legs, Saliba. Yeah, I, I read the whole story as well. I think, again, just I'm based on what I'm reading. I'm not there at the training ground. I think both parties tried their best. And I mean, you also got um, who's this now? This uh, French team is playing for now. Um, I'm forgetting their name now. But I think it said it was said Intent that said that uh, he he. Um, they also they they also feel that Arsenal were also uh, wrong because they, they they apparently they said they had a they, they had a deal for him uh, during the the during the transfer window and somehow they messed that, that up and things like that so they also aren't happy with uh, what's happening with uh, Saliba as well him not playing as well and um, also the, yeah, demand, I, the the outlay for a player like that to just be wasted I know he's had some like personal issues that he's going through but thirty something million yes. pounds. Player who's that? Yeah, personal issues. I've I, missed this. What is what are his personal issues? Apparently, so, someone in his family had passed away or something, and uh, moving to England was a big move for him. So they're trying to like give him space and find his feet. But, but I think he's also a professional he's, player, man. He must sort himself. Yeah, but remember, years old. Yes, yeah. but remember, I think he's also he also picked up an injury as well. He was meant to go out on uh, on 
on a loan, but then they weren't able to close the deal for some reason. Now, Teta was saying that they, they literally tried, and even he said he's also frustrated at the Silebo situation as well. I think the, the pro to it that he, that he is young, um, but again, yeah, I don't think he's even been included in the squad, just like a, a, a Mesut Ozil as well. I you need both of still to be a professional footballer, but, and you've seen it. That's what separates the best from the rest. You know, true, I know I people agree. have family issues, you know, and, and that's why the pyramid, as a, as a young player, there's a lot of footballers. Mm. But the less, the higher you go up, the less players there are there because you, so, need, you need everything. You need physical, you need mental, you need tactical, and you need... Um, Character. Yeah, he was, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, he was meant to go out. Like, he went out on loan. Then he got injured. But, yeah, he got injured. And then Arteta said that period was good. So, he's physically was, not capable, Wonga. Is that what you say? Yeah, Seems he wasn't capable. <laughs> then, no, no, no. no. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's <laughs> not... I don't think it's anyone's fault. It's just the misfortunes of, like you're saying, it's, it's professional football. It happens. And I think yeah. he just has to deal with it. And I think they will, I promise you, they will reach an agreement. I think Saliba just needs to relax if he is angry about it. I'm not too sure how he feels about it, but he just needs to relax. And I mean, he'll get it you know, 19, is, 19. Yeah, but a young player, you know, if you're a young player and you're talented, you want to kind of get off the bench. You kind of want to get some run. But the irony in all of this is Wesley Fofana from Leicester City, mm. also 19-year-old, signed from the same club. He's getting his run out and he's doing a hell of a job for Leicester. And it's that's the, the league. Team. Top, top of the, of the league. league, and he's and, he, and he's playing for a side where he costs he costs like at least half the price than what what this players cost, and that's why yeah, I think Dumo Denga says the best. Your brother, um, mm. you know, just throw him on the pitch. But at the end of the day, we also know Arsenal. There's something not right in terms of the the decision making, the transfers, they're overspending for players. Pepe is a great example. Sixty million pounds on a player who can't even come off the bench and do do anything for you guys. Seventy. 72, yeah, 72 million pounds. But one thing I want to say, guys, I know we, we're detracting a little bit from Aston Villa. I know Arsenal in a, in a strange place. It's like Arsenal a bit bipolar. They had us up here last week. Now down here, we're like, ah, typical Arsenal. But Man United, Aston Villa, same. Man United same thing. Yeah, mm. so the inverse. It's like they know they're playing with us. Um, but Aston Villa, the ride they are currently on, I'm there for it. I want to be a part of the ride. I'm enjoying every second of it. <laughs> they remind me. You know what? When I watch them play, they are reminding me of when I, we used to play soccer when we were 12, 13. Just absolutely fearless. Not afraid to just run with the ball. Graylish. If you guys had an option to take Graylish, where, where would you put him? Who would you want him to play for? He could literally walk into any side. I think the only side he couldn't walk into at the moment is a Liverpool, largely because of the discipline that's required. And he, that player like that needs to be set free. But who... Would not have that player right now. That's how hot he is. Yeah, yeah true. I, think, I agree. I, think, too. I mean, his England. I mean, he's been called up by England, and rightly so. And his age is obviously his age is incredible. Someone was telling me the other day that uh, he's already the most fouled Premier League player in history. I don't know. I stand to be corrected. Um, the most? He is so most fouled player. Oh. Um, I, I don't know how true that is, but maybe it was in the last two seasons or so, but it, in, in terms of him sort of being in, in, in dangerous areas and mm. uh, sort of, you know, the way he plays is, I I, I can see it. Um, they've got a Barkley, they've got Ollie Watkins up front, they've got Tyron Mings at the back who's who's solid and, and playing for England himself. They've got uh, is a Martinez in goals who's, who's probably made a good choice by leaving Arsenal. Um, 
by the by the by the rates by by by, by the results on Sunday. Uh, it seems like you made the right shift. Um, I'm hitting low blows, yeah. <laughs> I feel I feel I feel absolutely nothing for Villa. I can't stand them because they laughed at us when we got relegated at them uh, in 2009 or 2008. It was, and they made a big banner um, tears on the time, tears for two, and I can't remember what it was exactly. So uh, they can they can they can shove it, and I hope they they don't succeed. Um, although they are a good team. That's my honest opinion. Yeah, I think he's taking a lot of things personally. Sorry, Wonga, go for it. <laughs> no, yeah, like watching watching Grealish, like like you said, Claudia, I felt like um, Grealish sort of even the, even in the the Liverpool game, like Grealish sort of the way he was playing, like he's, he's the persona that that like the way he was just relaxed. It, it sort of it gave everyone everyone was doing the same thing, you know. And I felt like yeah, he was the one that started pretty much. Irritating when you're playing against someone like that. It wasn't nice watching that happen to your team. Uh, but yeah, I remember when he was playing against Liverpool, it was actually quite interesting to watch. But yeah, not against us. Yeah, I yeah. think they've shown they've definitely Aston Villa have definitely shown it's no fluke, and it's it's a bunch of it's a quality player who's now got one or two players around him that he feels he can play with as opposed to play by himself. And they they just they've got nothing to lose, and they're going to go for it, which makes it an entertaining prospect. And also the conditions that the league's currently being played in gives them a huge opportunity to get whatever they want out of this. Whether or not Grealish is there come end of the season, that's a whole mm. other conversation. If he keeps going this way, I, I think he could fit into Juventus, for example, just the way he plays. Mm. Isn't he? I yeah, think he would mm. do great in Serie A. Um, but Wonga, you had Sabeos on the bench, you had Pepe on the bench, you had David yes. Luiz on the bench. And yet, mm. out of all these players that had a really good chance for you, was Rob Holding. Mm. He, was, he was probably yeah. the closest to scoring. <laughs> Look, I think, I think I, was, I was even asking, I didn't mention it last week, but I was thinking about it, is that whether, questioning whether he would actually start David Luiz in the game. Uh, and David Luiz, um, you can see, he, he's, the nice thing about him is able to you know, uh, also do, uh, get some passes going on, able to switch ball left to right, play the strike in behind as well. Um, but I was also questioning whether he's going to start because of the injury he picked up before. So Arteta's thinking, okay, just maybe he's thinking this, that, you know, uh, Aston Villa are not that strong um, uh, going forward. Maybe they can still unlock them in another way. And David Luiz, do you risk him playing? I mean, he is probably... Compared to last season, not even compared to last season, he is probably our, our best defender next to next to Gabriel, and you want him to be there for the whole season. So try to give him a rest, you know. Um, so that's why I think he ended up uh, starting Rolled Rob Holding before him. Why not start Pepe as well? Our biggest signing. I still I still don't understand it. Um, and Pepe, I think he just needs game time. That's all he needs because he is a dangerous player. We know this 1v1 is dangerous and we need an Arsenal. We need that both. Saka does it, but there's no one else on the right doing it. And I think we've had it coming on the left and the right, a bombing in the middle. I think we'll get um, our success. So I, I, I can't understand it, really. I can understand Tabuluiz, the others I, I don't understand. Sabayos, obviously. Alneni, Sabayos, not much of a difference. But... Um, yeah, I, I, I can't understand it, really. Wonga, I have to mention this last thing. Is mm. Lacazette, the game is 1-0, yes. I think 1-0 at the time. Your favorite player? My favorite player. The time on the clock is 40 minutes. The lad gets a golden chance, and he doesn't take yeah. it again. 
you know, even the the Arsenal game, um, I also I wasn't able to watch it thanks to our lights being off. But I watched I watched the highlights. Are um, you paying for electricity, Wonga? Because this isn't the first time this has happened. <laughs> yeah, no, you can go check there in Joburg. <laughs> the lights went out on two occasions because of the Semenza extension. What, what, the 200, <laughs> 2100 kilowatt line? That's what they kept on saying. They're talking, but I don't know what that was. <laughs> but that's what they said. They're talking, but at the same time, they cut the line. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, what are the chances? What are the chances? They cut it. Are you they sure cut- they didn't cut the line on Arteta's performance as well? I think that's kind of what's happening here. <laughs> Yeah, but my cousin explained to me the chance, and then I saw it. I thought he was exaggerating a bit, and then I saw it. I said, gee whiz, it's actually worse than the way he described it. I mean, he's in front of the goals. Goodness me, like, jump, hit, hit the ball down. Uh, it's what you get paid for. I mean, he does it every single day. I expect him to put the ball in the back of the net. It wakes up, they go, they hit the ball every single day, and he couldn't put that one behind. No ways. I, I was shocked. I can't believe it. I was shocked. Um I, I, he needs to put that. That's why I say, rather, if he's not playing behind the striker like uh, like Firmino does, then take him off. Take him off. Let's find something else. Put put uh, put uh, put uh, a bombing down the middle. We need goals. Put him we down the goals. middle. Bring in Niles. Bring in Ketia. You've got yes. mold the younger players. Saka, I think his time is done. We got Saka. We for me, you got Saka. Saka can play left wing, left back, left mid. Put Saka down the uh, down the left wing. Put. Uh, Who's that guy? Um, Pepe down the right wing. Put a bombing in the middle. That's it. There, there, there we go. Try that. Like I said, yes, I lost his house complaining. Why are we not starting him? He can get us goals. Okay, he's not getting us goals. Okay, take him off. Let's put a bombing now. Try something yeah. else, guys. We can't try the same thing and, and try yeah. And, yeah. and hope for a better result. It's it's seven, it's it's nine, is it nine games now? Nine games or eight games in, and we're not scoring goals. Uh, that doesn't make sense. No, 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 no. The season's only what thirty-eight. So third rate with third through. No, no. It's the worst record, worst goal scoring record you guys have had since the ninety-eight, ninety-nine season. Exactly. So you, won the, you won the season. You won that season. Oh, is it hectic? Yeah. It's worrying. Well, it's worrying. <laughs> I can't like this worrying. I'm not saying we need to. I'm not saying we need to win the league this season. But gee whiz, let's put up a fight, Oaks. We're sitting. We're sitting. Yes, I don't even know the teams ahead of me. There's so many. Used to, I used to say one, two, three, four. Now it's like ten. I have to list them. Goodness me, I no, can't. You, you I have can't. to list them. So because you can't list list them, let me list them. It's there's Leicester, eighteen points. Yeah, okay, Spurs, yeah. seventeen points. Liverpool, seventeen points. Southampton, sixteen points. Chelsea, fifteen points. Villa, fifteen points. Everton, well deserved, thirteen points. Everton, and then even. I'm just gonna, oh, I'm, I'm gonna stop there. I'm not even gonna continue. Yeah, that's that's where you guys are at. Gentlemen, and, I want to say thank you. Yeah. Uh, yes, you want to finish? You want to finish? You got this is your moment yeah. of truth. Wonga said. No, I was saying, and Man United also came in hand, and they were and behind us. They win, we go down. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's we, we actually went to Man United. I chewed them. There's we chewed them. Wonga, but... Wonga, there's only one United. There's only one United. It's Newcastle United. We're coming for you, son. <laughs> <laughs> seriously, seriously, though, uh, Nick. Um, final thoughts before we leave. Where do you think you're going to end up from a Newcastle standpoint? What, what's going to happen, Steve Bruce? You guys, realistically, your aspirations, we know that's not on the cards, but do the hell knows in this season? It's a, it's a lucky packet. I told you, you know, you go to the cafe there and you get that uh, little little lucky packet. You don't know what you're going to get. Um, but I'll tell you what. Huh. We can beat anyone on our day, but we can also 
play like absolute absolute assholes in our day as well. So I think that will happen more so than not. I think a mid-table finish with Bruce is more than likely. I would like us to have a good go in the cup. Uh, Brentford, we play pre- Brentford in December in the quarterfinals. We could find ourselves in the semifinals. Pull all our eggs in one basket and maybe we'll find European football that way. Like, I, I think you guys are years, if not centuries, away from European football. Unless those sides come up or something. Got, I don't know. Listen, we got a we got a quarter final. We got a quarter final of the League Cup against Brentford, who's lost their best player, who's lost all their best players actually. They left. Yeah. They left. They, they 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 lost Ollie Watkins. They lost uh, Ben Rama. And then I'm 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 uh, patriotic. They lost uh, Makocho as well. So they're obviously not as good in the midfield. Okay, so I think we can go and beat them and we find ourselves in a semi-final. Who knows? Who knows? Who does know? I don't know. I know that Newcastle don't do anything. But what I want to know between the two of you guys is which team ends up above the other one? Ah, come on, man. Don't be silly now. Obviously, us. Yeah, obviously, us. Steve Bruce, who's got the... Who's got the experience? Come on. <laughs> well, uh, Arteta's done one thing right now that I can agree with. Um, last two games, he's put he's put Shaka away. Almost put him in like a Pokemon ball. Must keep him inside there. Uh, and not <laughs> take him out. Not take Shaka out, ever. I think, I think he's done well for me there. Um, and I think... <laughs> <laughs> Steve Bruce, my man. Yeah, there's look, only I, I, one Steve Bruce. Bruce. There's he only one Steve Bruce. Sorry, Wonga, finish uh, off. No, yeah, no. I'm saying I'm happy with that. Um, I think we'll play. We do it a couple of times, playing without Shaka. But now we've got a. Uh, I forget uh, what his name is. Injured now. Um, Pate. Oh well. Uh, I'll probably see more Shaka. So, stop there. So, in other words, in other words, we, in other words, we're gonna finish higher than you. Oh goodness! Yeah, your star, hey, no your, star, your star signing's injured. Oh well. What, what are you gonna do? I love, I love Wonga. Thank you, guys. Uh, that, that's that's uh, that's our show for today. The cool down. I want to say thank you for everyone for who tuned in. We actually had quite a few people today, and we really appreciate that. You know, Nick, your hair's on fleek as always. Wonga, you sound like a pilot, but you're the pilot leading the gunners right now, and they, they need that. They need to check the turbulence <laughs> because there's a lot of it coming their way. So thanks again, everybody, um, and we're out. Guys, you want to say cheers? You're more than welcome to. Cheers, guys. Tune on me for Cheers, guys. Cheers, cheers. 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 Peace. <laughs> no ways. <laughs> <laughs>